You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Dallas After Show. We are in Season 3, Episode 6, Like Father, Like Son. And we are taking it over for AJ because he wasn't able to make it tonight. We're very sad about that. Yeah, AJ. So it's just myself, (laughs) Kelly, and Dorinda. Hi, guys. The girls holding down the fort tonight. And what a powerful episode. It was really good and disturbing. It was. I mean, John Ross, whew. Despicable. I don't even know where to begin. First off, we're perplexed on the whole idea that it's two only two more episodes and then yeah, we take a big break. We just saw that we were watching coming attraction coming attractions. Mm-hmm. It was like two episodes. I'm like, what? Yeah, so they're really breaking it up. And by the way, the whole time from where we watched the show into <laughs> us walking in here, I kept saying, "Are you sure it's just two episodes? <laughs> you have to be kidding me." Yeah, it looks like there's going to be a long break. But aside from that, this episode was amazing. Lots of big stuff happening. Switching sides. Just a lot of family drama, as always, as as is expected in this show. But I can't believe AJ missed the episode when Sue Ellen really hit the bottle hard. Because we know how much (laughs) AJ really was waiting for this to happen. (laughs) I know. But to be... Okay, there's so much to talk about before we go to that. Yes, Because I want it to be more of a blaze of glory. But, okay. Okay, let's... Okay, 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 I'm sorry. We could talk about that and not get to anything else (laughs) the whole time we're on, so... Okay, so what happens? All right, so that <laughs> exactly that that's all. That's, that's all I can think about. Out. Well, it actually does start out with. Well, it does. It starts out in the very beginning with uh, John Ross comes into the office and goes straight to Suellen's to Suellen's office, and they kind of rehash the whole thing about her turning against him, and and you know because we, when we come back, Bobby is now the railroad commissioner. So John Ross's plans to frack on Southwark have been halted and and the whole permit is under investigation and he's really upset by that. So he goes in to talk to her and she tells him that he's just like his dad, just like his dad, just like his dad. They keep drilling that into his head. They have been all three seasons. Yeah. Even much, you know, so much more since JR's been gone. They've really kind of been throwing that at him. And, you know, she tells him that he's drunk on power and she's just really afraid that he is too much like JR and she wants to put a stop to it. Oh, yeah. And then he, in return, I was like, that was the wrong choice of word right there, Sue Ellen, mm-hmm. because I knew he was going to throw it back at her. And he says, I may be drunk on power, mother, but you are just drunk. Yep. And I was like, mm, she kind of had to come in. And he's not wrong. No, I he's... mean, I can I see both sides of this situation. Yes, you know, but it's one of those hard things where 
they're you know she's automatically jumping to conclusions without really knowing all the facts i mean granted more times than not what she thinks turns out to be true yeah but still it's always so quick to just kind of go for the negative versus really trying to find out what's going on and that seemed to be the theme in the episode tonight yeah and also we have to remember we haven't in all these episodes even though he's saying what he's saying to sue ellen sue ellen has not lost her control She's never lost control. She's been, she's had her wits about her. Mm-hmm. You saw what was going to come, but you, she still has had her wits about her. And everything that she is doing really is for the good of her son and for the good of the family. And she. Do I, you really think it's that, though? I do think, I think she does not want her worst fear to come true. Her worst fear is that her son turns out to be like JR. But it's, it's, kind of one of those things and you know and and we we see it go through the, the mm-hmm. end of the episode but it is one of in that situation where if you keep putting something into someone's head for so long they start to believe it themselves and granted john ross is a scoundrel as they've been saying yes. for this show and mm-hmm. he absolutely is but at the same time I think it's a struggle within himself, too, because he does want the best for the company. He does want to be successful. He wants all those things. And he's never really had good guidance to do it the right way. He's only seen and everybody's automatically thinking that he just wants to tear apart the family. When in reality, I really don't think that's his number one goal. I don't think that's it either. I think his number one goal is for Ewing Global and for all of them to make money and for all of them to see a different way. I also think he's probably going about it the wrong way. Absolutely. But out of all of them, I feel that he's the most sensitive out of them all, which they normally, the more ruthless you are, the more sensitive you are because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be hurt. You don't want all those things. Right. Trying to live up to a man who as much... Not, I want Jr. wasn't he was not horrendous because that's a really hard word, but he did a lot of double dealing and backstabbing mm-hmm. and everything like that. But he, I think John Ross has more of a heart than Jr. does. Yes, yes, and I do think that he still wants to be part of this family, even though he wants to be more extravagant than they want to be. And also, he just wants it to be a little bit different. They've been living this certain way for so long. He kind of wants them to get in with the times and all of that. And he's using force rather than trying to convince them in other ways. And that's one thing he definitely did get from his dad. He has no patience. He wants it now. We have to do it this way or no way. There's no looking in a circle. And I think that is going to be what eventually hurts him. Yes, instead of wanting to work together. Because I think at the end of the day, they all want the same thing. Yes, it's just in how they go about doing it. Yes, and I agree with that. There's always has to be, you know, it's not always just one answer. And John Ross always seems to think that it's only this one way. Until he finally opens up and has these conversations with other people. And that's the part that's funny is he doesn't realize that if you sat down and had a conversation, maybe somebody could come up with a different idea. But it's always so forceful with him. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and it's also the only child syndrome, too. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with that. It's my way, the highway, because, you know, because it's always been that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then when he and and he is in the lobby of of the office and runs into uh the what did he call it oh the self-righteous party (laughs) self-righteous party of two and that was awesome i'm so sorry bobby and (laughs) Kristen. and the conversation that he had with them actually i think 
you know, he calls Bobby a hypocrite and he's not wrong. I mean, you can't preach one way and then, you know, basically do the opposite. And even though it's way in this instance, it was different. In that instance, it was different. You know, when you are kind of a self-righteous person, anytime you go wrong, it's always, wait, no, that's different. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And here's the thing. And we all know Bobby's good. JR was bad. You know what I mean? And they're trying mm-hmm. to put, you know, Christopher good, John Ross bad. Except I find with both of them, the lines are blurred more so than it was with Bobby and JR. Right. And, you know, Christopher, you know, is always going to side with his dad. Of course. Always going to say, and can I just say, I'm so happy this season we're not talking about that he's adopted. <laughs> I'm so happy about it. But no, now it's... <laughs> we're going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's looking for a baby. But <laughs> it's... It is, yes, what Bobby went and did was hypocritical, but what Bobby mm. went and did, he was doing it to protect the land and the family. Right. But that's what I'm saying. When you have a character like John Ross that has only been shown these these certain ways of doing things and you're mm. trying to teach him a lesson, the worst thing you can do is go down that wrong path, include him, and then turn around and tell him that it's wrong. Yeah, because you know what I mean. Because it's I just going to confuse him and infuriate him, and he's he's already got this diluted sense of what right and wrong is anyway. And I think that just further confuses the issue. Oh, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. I do agree with you. I mean, there was many times in this episode where I felt for him tonight, yeah. which I don't normally always do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that every that anything that he's doing is right, but not by at all. no means. But it's just kind of relating to that character in the sense that you've got the I feel like he's just that kid that's laying on the floor, you know, pounding his fist and kicking his feet that he just wants somebody to hear him and nobody's listening in the way that he feels he needs to be heard. Oh, that's yeah. kind of the way that I see that character. Oh, I agree with that 100%. That he's just trying so hard and even when he kind of goes on the right path, nobody believes him anyway. And it's it's so unfortunate for him because of they're so used to him being this one way. Yeah. And he I do think after everything that went down with his father and everything and when they all came together, I think he was the one most touched by the whole thing Mm -hmm. because he felt like he had. Because remember, when we first opened up to Dallas in the what was it? One of the first scenes he uh, isn't John Ross talking to his father and his father is in a in an institution. Yeah. So his father was in an institution. What they say for fifteen years was it? It was for a while. Yeah, I, I think it might have been exactly. fifteen years if I'm correct. But they didn't have that close of a relationship anyway. Uh, exactly. And t- they started getting closer toward the end, but then they were still fighting each other. Exactly, because that's what the Ewings do best, mm-hmm. and that's how they show love. Yeah. You know, and I and we we've seen that time and time again. Even with uh, when Bobby had the, was it the heart attack? Mm-hmm. And Jr. goes to see him, mm-hmm. and they have that moment. And I'll always remember that. It and he's you know this is how it is. But I love you. You're my brother. You're my you know my like true love. Kind right. Of like he he they talks have that about touching that. moment that's only going to last for that moment. Exactly. And then once you step out of the hospital room, it's game on. 
that doesn't yeah. change that doesn't change what's going on out here but just know it's not personal it's business exactly. and so many people live by that it's not personal it's business but to some people it is personal and that's how bobby feels about south fork as he said in the end of the last episode he's the steward of south fork exactly and there will be no fracking on south fork no no fracking. there has to be another way to get this money which I think we're about to find out. Yeah. But we then we see um, Elena and Christopher. Elena walks in and Christopher confronts her and talks to her about Nicholas. I put Joaquin because yes. that's how I see him is Joaquin, the kid in the street who <laughs> <laughs> the the Ramoses, right? Mm-hmm. The Ramoses came and took off the street and took care right. of him. But now did, uh, here's my question. And if someone can answer this, it's great. Didn't they always live on South Fork? When they came from Mexico, yes. At, well, at least as far back as we know. Yeah. When so the kids were little. Joaquin live at South Fork? That's a good question. This is something I've been asking since it started. Uh-huh. Because wouldn't they know him if he lived at South Fork? Well, maybe it was the whole family. You know, Mexican families are big. It's not just necessarily... <laughs> You know, because when I okay. think, you know, my Mexican family, it's like my aunts, my uncles, my grand, like we, that's like one big family. So maybe oh, it's their okay. family back in Mexico that when they left, he stayed with them. Oh, okay. Like, maybe that could be it. But that's a very good question. We're going to have to research that. Yeah, because I've been yeah. thinking about this whole time since they introduced him. Yeah. Because we've heard about this kid and now he shows up, but they don't. If they've been living on South Fork, why wouldn't they know who this kid is? Well, at least, yeah, for at least for most of, you know, most of the kid's life. Exactly. So Elena and Christopher talk about Nicholas and Nicholas then, uh, not Nicholas, Christopher confronts her and says, hey, there's no, there's no history before 1997. Mm -hmm. He, he actually starts in 1997 and that's Mm -hmm. all we know is from 1997 and up. And she does this whole pretend thing, and it just annoys me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I know how she's playing it, and I understand because she really does believe that the Ewing stole her. And again, and this is what I was getting to earlier. Like in the first few, the first season, it was all about Christopher's adopted. Christopher's adopted. At every turn, we were listening to Christopher being adopted. <laughs> it's all the the Ewings took everything from your family the Ewings took everything from your family every time we turn around it's that statement being made to I guess just to convince her to stay on this bad path that she's on of double crossing them but it's it's just constantly reiterated you know yeah the Ewings stole the South Fork from you the Ewings yeah I just but how I mean what, but was it the entire family? Like, I want to get to the bottom of that story. Yeah. I want to know, because if they're saying JR is the one that did it, okay, well, did everyone know, or was this a deal that he did that no one else was aware of? Yeah, number one, and wait a second, they've lived on South Fork for a long time. So when time. did this happen? When, yeah, I think they're trying to say that this happened in, like, the 1800s or something. I can't believe, like, this, there's something not right in Denmark, I'm just saying. <laughs> Definitely need to get to the bottom yeah. of that situation because I I still don't think I think Cliff is playing her. Oh, absolutely! I don't I believe definitely anything. Definitely think, and now and he wants her to play Pamela and turn Pamela against John Ross because that's going to cause a big divide and get him back, get Pamela back on his side. Yeah, and and here was another 
issue. I have not once in the three seasons that this show's been on seen Elena and Pamela hang out. Just like hang oh. out. So she just all of a sudden decides, let's go have a girls' night, and nobody thinks that's weird. Oh, no, it's normal. <laughs> it's totally normal. And they hmm. just. Well, I mean, that was. A, okay, so that all comes about because Trevino and Elena, you know, she tells them what Christopher knows. Mm-hmm. And they start going, in the, going into all of that. And he said, don't worry. Don't worry. He goes to talk to John Ross. Right. And so they decide to go out. And then so she then goes to Pamela and says, hey, let's go out. Yeah, right. And does that. And we both looked at each other when it happened. And I'm sorry. That whole he walks. Uh, Trevino walks past and she gives him a nod like it's on. Like nobody else saw that. <laughs> I know. I just. Uh, how is that not so obvious? Like, I, I don't know. But then again, like her asking them and the for asking Pamela in the first place no hesitation so I mean I guess when you don't have any friends it's Uh, good to be asked out by anybody right that's true and they do work together and but there's just so much history and it's it's a pairing that we haven't really seen before outside of the family outside of South Fork so it was just kind of a strange maybe I'm the only one who feels that way I don't know I just thought it was a little much for because I've never really seen them be best friends they've been at odds with each other seen them go out and have a drink no. You know, I would figure she would kind of like, I, th- that'd be a red flag if I was Pamela. And all the scheming and things that everybody does, I'd be like, hmm, wait a minute. But I do remember at the end of last season, they were they were actually... I mean, they're, they've been friendlier. Yeah, fr- I, I, but yeah. I haven't really seen them, you know, let's go, go to lunch. Let's have a drink, you know, like... And casually, just, let's ask Emma. Yeah. <laughs> Should we ask Emma? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, wow, when did these women get all girly? Because let me tell you something. These women are, they're gorgeous and they're women and they dress, but they're not girly. No. Well, I can understand Pamela and Emma yeah. because she went shopping with her and she's really trying to pretend to be her friend and with the whole yeah. planning of the wedding. But Elena wasn't really around for that that we saw anyway. So I just kind of thought that was odd. Like I would have been, it would have been more believable to me had Emma initiated it. Yeah, I yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So. <laughs> but it's a show, so I digress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Thinking on a show. Um, but so then we see Emma and Anne writing. Well, they're now they were writing. I would think that they were That's about what to it go. Like, yeah, yeah, they were coming back from a ride or something. And so Emma and Anne talk about unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I thought that was quite interesting. What it. Emma say to Anne about the family she grew up in? That there was always strings attached. That she didn't know what unconditional love was. Yeah. Or she doesn't know if she believes in unconditional love. I'm sorry. Because with, she said with mom and grandma, or dad and grandma, was oh, there were always so many strings attached. That was quite revealing. Because mm-hmm. I think at that moment, she was being as honest and true as she could be with her mother. It seemed to be a very touching moment. And I, f- and I would hope, and it looked that way, yeah. but just because of how... Emma is. Her character is. It's hard to believe if that was really a true moment, but it seemed to be. It seemed to be pretty genuine, especially when Anne tells her, I hope you know that with me, there are no strings. And there was something in her. And then she did. And this is where she said something about Harris. Mm -hmm. And she goes, your father does love you. In his own way. And in his own way. So it's her sticking up for Harris. And she's never really ever done that before. No. Especially with her. So... I just hope that got to her, but I don't think it did. I mean, she's grown up too 
she was grew up too much in that house. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? I don't know. It it seems like she wants to try to believe it, but she's too set in her ways that it's hard to. So that I think it's going to be an inner struggle with her. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But that, I I'd li- I really like that scene. It was no, like, I thought it was a yeah. great scene, especially because we haven't seen too much of that with the two of them. And aside from her trying to really play Anne, and Anne's not dumb, and I like yeah. that about her. But this seemed to be such a genuine scene. I really did like it. Yeah. So it sounds... Okay, so then what? Well, we've got Bobby and Nicholas that are in the office. And, you know, Bobby kind of threatens him about all the subsidiaries that Trevino and, you know, the company has in Texas. And he's asking him to come up with the capital to give the company money to get the um, the Arctic leases. How about Bobby taking his folder and like, <laughs> I was like, are you testing him with your, with your folder, Bobby? That was kind of hot. I'm going to say. He's really kind of coming out and showing yeah. that he is not going to be pushed around. Oh, yeah. Not at all. He's here to play. Yeah. And I'm not the same guy you used to think that you can walk all over. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a nice guy, Bobby Ewing. No, I like I like the the strength they're giving him. Oh, absolutely! I think that it's one of my favorite things about his character is that he really is holding his own with this younger cast. Yeah, and I think it's so it's, it's so great. It doesn't feel forced. It seems like it's such a great fit, and I really I like seeing the stronger side of him, even if though it's a little it's a little on you know teetering on that line of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, and even Trevino says, "I thought you were an honorable man." That sounds like a threat. And then what's he say? Sounds like a threat or abuse of power. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then what does Bobby say? He comes back and says, is it dishonorable to just really make sure that everything's done, you know, according to the law, basically, that all the, you know, I's are dotted and T's are crossed as far as you, you know. Well, he's right. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. So basically, he's going to go in and audit all of their stuff and make sure that they haven't broken any rules. Well. So if there's something to hide... He's going to find it. And he's, and you know, and he tells it, you know, Trevino tells him, you know, bring it on basically. And Bobby says, I don't say I didn't warn you. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what he comes back with. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, and then they wind up Trevino and John Ross go for drinks. drinks. They go for real drinks because they had a bonding moment. Yes. A set up one, granted, but a bonding moment nonetheless. When Elena and Trevino are talking about, you know, putting a divide between Pamela and John Ross. Nicholas said he's going to go work on John Ross because now that the whole family is against him, he's really vulnerable. And he uses that to his advantage to try to kind of get on John Ross's good side, which seems to work. Yeah. And so they wind up at the bar and who do we see? Of course. Freaking Candace. Candace. (laughs) Skanky little Candace. (laughs) There she is. And I'll give her, I mean, the girl's got you know, a nice little body, but she's always in those tight, tight dresses. How can she even wear those to Ewing Global all the time? <laughs> that is one thing I watch. I'm like, I'm not all tight to be wearing a work. <laughs> well, we, you know where she really used to work, where she came from, right? Oh, yes. Yes. She was planted in that job. Judith, Judith's Pleasure Den. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's one of Judith's girls. Exactly. So she's there, and I like what John Ross says, because Trevino says uh-huh. to him, 
something about isn't that your assistant yeah and he goes i guess she's looking for some overtime (laughs) (laughs) and he's i mean she's working him pretty hard and he's just not having it he's not into it he's just not in it you know i give john ross props or props to do i really do believe he loves pamela Mm -hmm. i really do believe the only reason he's sleeping with aunt emma is because of the lease, not the leases, but to get the ships that they need to right. get what they need from Harris Industries. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's absolutely using her again. You know, just to go back to her and her situation, it's again with the strings. Yeah. Somebody, you know, somebody's always pulling the strings. Yeah. And that's, so that's what she knows. Mm-hmm. And she gets that. I mean, Emma gets it. Yeah. So then, so they're out, and I guess she was looking for, okay. So then Anne and Sue Ellen are together. Mm-hmm. And they're having, they're having, not, I was going to say they're having a drink, but they're actually having tea. <laughs> yes, they're having tea. That is a drink, but not a drink that we are insinuating. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your kind of a drink. Exactly. No, no. But then, you know, Sue Ellen is saying, and I think I went too far. She's having second thoughts about what, about how she went behind John Ross's back. Yeah, and I mean, but Anne says you have to do tough love, and mm-hmm. all you were doing was tough love. So it makes Sue Ellen feel a little bit better, but Sue Ellen still has that, I think I've done something. Right. I've gone and pushed it a little too far. Mm-hmm. And so they go, and so that happens, and then we see the girls out, right? Yes, we see the girls. And, and it looks the like girls. they're at the same bar oh yeah that was the comment i made to you i was yeah. like wait a second aren't they at the same place why wouldn't they see each other yeah you know so the girls are out and they're all talking they're beyond girly girls and they're talking about candace by the way oh which is hysterical about and she's like do you think he would cheat on you she's like no not with her and then emma pipes mm-hmm. in oh i don't think he would cheat on you at all he loves you Oh, that was so... Well, and this was interesting because I thought, like, she was making... Emma was making faces when they were talking about John Ross possibly messing around with this Candace chick. And I thought that Elena had kind of caught on to it. Mm-hmm. But but I guess not. I thought, because she, she kind of... At least the scenes when it was cutting back and forth, it made me think that maybe she was on to that. Like, there was a little something more to to Emma's facial expressions. But I guess maybe not. I, I guess not, because right before we see what Elena does, we see John Ross and Trevino. They run into John Ross's friend, mm-hmm. you know. Hunter or, McKay. Exactly. Hunter childhood, McKay. A childhood friend. His grandfather was a nemesis of JR. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we run into, they wind up talking to Hunter McKay, and then mm-hmm. Hunter gives John Ross the idea, without knowing that he's giving John mm-hmm. Ross the idea, of going public with you in global because he that's what he did with his company and because he, he wanted to get out of the family and he was able to buy the controlling shares of the company Ex- which put him in control soul control exactly so like ding 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 mm-hmm. ding ding because his eyes lit up did you see john ross's eyes mm-hmm. light up so i was like uh-oh there's a plan of brewing and it wasn't even like diabolical through someone no. it was more like you just gave me a great idea. This is fantastic. Again, it goes back to my point. Like, if he sits, takes a minute, and actually has conversations with people about 
what you know a business conversations and not so much just trying to get my way get my way get my way he'd probably have better luck like just kind of picking other people's brain not even necessarily just within the family exactly because this is not even information he was even looking for no not at all it just kind of was like a present giving to him Mm -hmm. so he's starting to get his ideas so that's happening and then we see elena and she goes to a pi She's got her very own, um, oh, what's his name? Bud, bug, bum, bum. She's got <laughs> yes, her own bum. She's got her own version of bum. But, you know, and I love how she shows up, like, all in black. Mm-hmm. I and they're in an alley, a dark <laughs> alley. <laughs> it's very scandalous. Oh, so she gives them a picture of John Ross. An awful picture of John yeah, Ross. Looked the worst. The worst it was picture ever. It was like almost a mugshot <laughs> without the thing that has a mugshot. I know. He's so cute. Why give him that awful exactly. picture? And then a picture of Candace. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then you, because now you see Elena was just dishing for dirt and she'll hurt anybody to get what she needs. Because the Ewings took everything, everything from, from her. her. <laughs> Which once again, I kind of think I like the adoption story better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just a little bit so we see this pi that you know is is walking around you in global placing cameras in john ross's office and in the penthouse and everywhere there needs to be and um candace gets a text message from ryland that is why haven't you gotten me what i wanted and i like how they're doing the whole monica Lewinsky dress thing <laughs> I think it's so. It's every time she like looks at that dress, it makes me laugh. She, I like how she has it in her drawer. Yeah, just waiting at, for the right moment. Like exactly. I'm like, really? <laughs> Next time she'll she's gonna be out. She'll see John Ross. She'll have that dress. And be like, do I not pay you enough <laughs> to go shopping? What? Because I'll, I'll give you more money to go out and get get go go get clothes. <laughs> well, she puts on the dress. She walks into his office takes off her top tries to get something going and he turns her down i know yeah i loved it i loved it too i loved it because it just goes to show as much as a scoundrel he's really using the oldest profession in the book john ross john ross not ross but (laughs) using to get what he wants yeah because really what he's doing with emma is really just a business transaction in, in his, his mind. Yeah, in his yeah, mind. Absolutely. That's going to get And when, you know, if we go back a little bit, when he has the conversation, he has another conversation with Sue Ellen. And after he kind of has the epiphany to bring the the company public and is asking for her help, he tells her, I, you know, it's, it's over with Emma. I love my wife. I need you to understand that. I need to make this perfectly clear. And she believes him and says she's going to be on his side. To help him get the company mm-hmm. public to, to to do what he needs to do. And Candace had to go and mess it up. Oh, and that was, even though it's not what she thought, it broke my heart to see Sue Ellen that heartbroken. Yeah. Because we know what the truth is, but you got to believe what Sue Ellen saw is, and what Candace did. Mm-hmm. Made Sue Ellen also think that, and she's already caught her son with Emma. So right there, why is she not going to believe that something? You see a half naked woman, scandal. 
things yeah. aren't always as they appear. And again, it goes with jumping to conclusions without okay. knowing what's going on. And and that's when I think she took it a little too far about really placing all of that JR stuff on him. Okay, I do agree with you on that. I do and she's she's definitely working her stuff out. And which is not fair to this kid. It's not fair, but I also think I also think that she she sees the path he's going down. But she's also pushing him down that path. The more and more she keeps telling him and forcing this persona upon him yeah. to the point when, you know, when when everything goes down with the vote and she, because of this incident, she ends up voting against him yet again. Which was... I knew that was going to happen. I knew that oh. was going to happen. And it, and it was horrible. And just to see his face collapse... And I truly believe that he he really thought she was on his side. He feels like he needs he doesn't even have his own mother. Yeah, and regardless he, of whatever's going on, he doesn't even have his own mom on his side. Yeah, and he also does believe because he feels abandoned by her, mm-hmm. or as it is. So anything that she does, he wants to make sure you know it's he has mommy issues. Well, he has mommy and daddy issues. He's but, that poor. He just has issues. Exactly. So he has this issue with his mom, which I can understand. Mm-hmm. And he wants to believe that she's going to do for him. And when she does that, I mean, devastated. The look on his face, I don't think he could have been more devastated. And she actually disappoints him repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, and, and I get it. Again, I, I get why she believed what she saw, all of that. She, I understand she Jump, you know, that's the conclusion most people would have jumped to. But at the same time, she, there is added pressure of this. This, And I think he says it perfectly when they have that last confrontation at the end of the episode. When he just yells at her, I am not my father. And that was heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. I mean, I he, mean what a good scene. Oh, that was a the, what a scene. great scene. Kudos to the both of you, Linda Gray and Josh Henderson. Kudos. It's so great. It was and the way he was just defeated by his mother. And he tells her, you're too busy fighting this ghost of JR that, you know, within me, that you're not seeing what's really going on here. Yeah. And I, and at that moment, I, I agree with you 100%. Because he's, he's, you can't put that on me. No. You know, you can't put, the, my father's dead. I can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. But you can't put this on me. And she is. She's putting a lot of pressure on him. That's and I think that was the teetering point for him. And he's Maybe. off to the dark side. Oh, the dark. Oh, that was. Yeah. But before we talk about the total dark side, mm-hmm. let's talk about Chris and Heather. Because the dark yes. side should be the last yes. thing we've yeah. about. Oh, Chris and Heather. I'm sorry. But that situation is annoying me a little bit. I, I'm not. I'm not liking it too much right now. Ugh. I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you, are you feeling Chris and Heather? I just, I, I don't know. Not so much. I mean, I just think with Chris and Heather, it, ugh, this is going to make me sound like a jerk, <laughs> but a little bit of a filler. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely a little bit of a filler because they need, they need to put some kind of substance to this relationship. And on top of it, she's way too open about like she's not making him fight a little bit or anything she's too easy about the relationship and i'm not saying easy sexually that's not what i meant like easy 
She's letting him know too much. Like, this is what I want. This is, you know, instead of leaving a little mystery, that's the word I'm looking for. Okay. You know, I actually do like her character and her story separate from him. Yes. I like that this is a real struggling family that we see with with more relatable issues than just these high-powered executive people with money and what they deal with. I mean, she's, you know, a hard-working woman. She's divorced. She's dealing with some real stuff. And I actually do like her character separate. But the two of them the way that that's playing out I've just, I just I just don't like it and for someone who is so hardworking and someone who is that way mm-hmm. I would not expect her to be so easily enamored of Christopher or even if she was easily enamored of Christopher so easily readily available because you have pride because you are hardworking and you are all this she wants to have a little fun she works hard all day but why are you just right. making out on the ranch all the time? Why not? I, I why guess. not? I, 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 I mean, if, you know, the hot guy I was dating came over, you know, why not? You know, why not? That's true. And Grace, it's just the two of them. She, you know, just because Bo decided to come break up their party, oh, you know. Oh. But it's more so Christopher's reaction to it that's annoying me rather than hers. It's because <laughs> all of a sudden he's... Because I feel like the first time that they got together, he just did that because he was upset that Elena was with Nicholas. That's exactly every time I see them together, I feel that she is the, like I said, filler. But I don't think, she, but obviously she doesn't know that or feel that way. And I feel, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure she gets it. It's yeah. just a fling and it's just fun, but the, the the reasoning behind why he took it that far in the first place, I think that's what kind of bugs me. And now he's trying to get in good with her kid and it's all just kind of BS. And he's supposed to be such this good guy. And that, like, that's just bothering me. Yes. Yeah, so I don't feel like it's genuine. I feel so like you didn't it's just... like a take a kid to work. <laughs> it was a nice gesture, but no. That's yeah. a no. That's a little much for no. And then offering her money to take care. No. Yeah. And that's when she's like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. I thought that we were taking this mm-hmm. slow. I don't mind her being open. She is a, you know, she is a, a single mother and she has to put her cards out on the table. And I appreciate that. Yeah. It's more so his, his side of it that's bugging me. Ugh. I don't know. It, it's just, a, it was just, there, there's, there, there needs a little be a little bit more meat. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Even if it is just a fun fling, then don't do the, I'm going to take your kid to work day. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a little too much for me. Yeah. If Keep it a fling or make it more serious, but yeah. don't have it in the in the middle. Not yet. You've They've hooked up, what, like twice? It's, yeah. you know, take a breath. Yeah. And Hold they went on, on one date to, to <laughs> Gillies, <laughs> which I still have issues with. <laughs> <laughs> But I understand Kelly. <laughs> well, she's a, she, you know, again, like I said, I like her character by herself. Like she's, I like that she's a strong, hardworking, just kind of like a chill girl that likes to go out and have a shot or two at the local bar. Doesn't need like all this fancy yeah. stuff. She's just herself. And I like that about her character. She's putting herself out there. She's saying, Hey, this is me. This is my life. Kind of take it or yeah. leave it kind of a thing. And I feel like his intentions are a little bit different. It's more to occupy his time versus really getting invested and yeah because he just shows up yeah it's kind of like when he's bored he goes to look for her it's not really like i don't know i don't feel like he's really into it and maybe it's because we're not seeing too much of it from his side maybe that's just that could be or it's like dating in la Uh, yeah there you go so anyway (laughs) so we just made it about us so uh (laughs) 
getting back it's to the good story. stuff. <laughs> so, so th- we talked about that. And now we can get to, oh, let's talk about, because I really don't want to, I want to talk about the John Ross and Sue Ellen thing towards the end. So uh, let's talk about Emma and John Ross. Can we scoot to that and then go to? Go for it. Okay. So, you know, Emma goes to see John. Well, for, well, we kind of have to talk about the Sue Ellen and John Ross Because that's when it starts. Yes, that's how it all started. Okay, go ahead. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> All right. This was it. Again. This was God. I am not my father. True. He's not. He's getting punished by his mother, you know, basically for being JR's kid. And he has this, as we talked about before, this amazing emotional scene where he's crying. He's telling her, I need you. What are you doing? Why are you back to drinking? Why are you doing this to yourself? And then he does one of the most despicable things ever. And that's why I say... I mean, this was a tipping point for him. I mean, she turned his back on him when he really, truly, I think, was trying to even get out of that stuff with Emma, really get out of everything and see it a different way. And she didn't believe him, turned her back on him. And now he's into the mindset. If you hear something enough times, you start to believe it yourself. So now he is Jr. And he called, he had her committed. <sighs> He no, blackmailed well, the judge. He goes, well, before he goes <laughs> to have her commit it, mm-hmm. he goes to Emma because that's who. That's helped. what he wants. Yeah. So he wants. So he, once again, she Emma holds the cards for that. But that's what. But and, that, and when he goes, you can tell he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. You can see it in his face. Like there's nothing. What he's about to do. I want to hope to think that he has a little remorse about what he's doing. But I don't know. We'll find out. But. He goes, he does it, and then she's like, she starts doing her thing. <laughs> she had that shoulder thing tonight. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, girl, oh, and she's trying. She's trying to flip the script and say that it's about her and it's about pleasing me. You don't even have to take your clothes off. <laughs> and I, once I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that happens. They do their thing, but... A ding goes, a text goes off to Elena. Check your email. She checks it and the look on her face. First, she's all excited. She thinks she caught him and then she sees who she caught him with. And I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you think she's going to do? I don't, I think if, cause it's Emma, I think, I hope that she doesn't use it. Cause I don't think she really wants to hurt Pamela. But this would be it. This would be what would turn. But I don't think that this would be. At the end of the day, Cliff killed her children. True. And I would really hope to think that no matter what Pamela did. I mean, what John Ross did, that that would not. Because that's still awful. How often do you really see someone go straight to the source with something? There's always kind of a zigzagged line. Yeah. So, so I'm wondering she's if gonna... she's going to go to Emma. <gasps> like, that's what I think. I think she's going to go ding. to Emma and something's going to transpire there and she's going to find out what she's John Ross is getting out of this. Yeah. Okay. I think maybe that'll go first before it goes to Pamela. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Because there has to be, everybody likes to have this leverage. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe that. I mean, I don't think Emma really cares. I think she kind of wants people to find out. 
Because she's complaining. I mean, she's she's getting pretty outrageous about it. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, she wants John Ross. She does absolutely. She wants John Ross. Yeah. So she sees that, and then you hear that. Eventually, you believe. Oh, that was John. Yeah, that was what he said. Yeah, when he went to the judge. And so he got. So he gets this. They go and they get Sue Ellen, who's wasted. Trying to open yeah. up another bottle of wine and can't. Yeah, but she didn't really go out in the blaze of glory. I thought she was gonna go out in. Like, but it was it was that that's the point. It was more sad because yeah. it's it's she's broken. Yeah, and they have her commit it. She's in the ambulance, and you see John Ross standing there. Ugh, despicable. The worst part of it was him being back at South Fork, sitting in the dark. As Bobby Ann and Christopher come home from what looks like dinner. Yeah. And he's sitting in the dark. Then Bobby, of course, very, like, once again, what's going on? Right. What's happening? Like, caring. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, we're still family. That's the, you. and then when he tells Bobby. And at first you think, you know, he's like, my, you know, my mother's drinking again. She's really... She's, it, we had a huge fight. It's getting out of control. I think she's been drinking the whole time. I'm really, you know, kind of like this concern kind of tone to his voice. And all of a sudden, it just switches. And he said, I had to call the police and take her to get, they had to take her to get help. And then you find out exactly what. And he, he just really tells him why he did it. Mm-hmm. Now I know why she's been, dis- you know, displaying all this erratic behavior and making these bad decisions. Because she's not in her right mind, basically. And just so you know, her power of attorney goes straight to me and I'm signing over the shares. I'm voting to take the, on her behalf, to take the company public. Oh, my God. And the look on Bobby's face. Because he, and, even before he said it, Bobby already saw it coming. Yep. And on Anne, like, on Anne Anne's face, everybody's just disgusted by this situation. And just, I think Anne... This is a good time for Anne to really go into the spotlight and go and save Sue Ellen. Well, maybe that's what's coming. Maybe. You remember, you know, when Emma was here, she said there was going to be some, you know, amazing Anne-centric scenes coming up. I hope so, because I love seeing Sue Ellen and Anne, like, honestly Mm -hmm. work together and friends. And they're, I love it. So I hope something happens with that. Yeah. So we need some Anne-centric scenes. We do. And hopefully that's coming. We've got two episodes left until the break. So hopefully we'll get some good meat out of that. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to do something because they gotta, they're got they going to have to leave us with Well, something. of course, it's going to be a great cliffhanger, I'm sure. <sighs> Dallas and their cliffhangers, we'll they never disappoint. We'll see. Oh, but it was heartbreaking. It was sad just to see that rift again. And poor Sue Ellen. Yeah. And, you know, once again, kudos to Linda Gray. Oh, yeah. Like, the the depth that she has taken this character to is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's beyond, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's do predictions. Okay. And let's see what we want to happen for next season. Now, or not next season, next episode. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hold up, Kelly. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right, so what do you think? Where is okay. Trevino's wife? What happened with that? Oh, well, here you go. I think she's going to... She's showing up again. You know she's going to show up either in this episode or in the cliffhanger episode. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't think she's going to have, she's going to go and tell Christopher exactly who Trevino is because she's going to find out that he's still doing what he's doing with Elena. And she's mm. not going to, I think that that's what's going to happen. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. There's my prediction. Well, and we also see that um, Elena's brother comes back <gasps> and his name has escaped me. Drew. Drew. Drew is back. And I loved Drew. I felt so bad for Drew. I just want to hug him. Yeah, I'm but so that bad. hair. That <laughs> no, long, he's got he's got to cut that off. That, th- that pi- so the pirate cute. hair. He's so But he's still he's is handsome and very... he's so sweet. And I just think he wants to do right and his conscience is just eating him. And he is going to bust up that plan of Elena and Trevino because he, he has no idea that Joaquin is there pretending to be somebody else. That's exactly. He doesn't remember because Good when he finds out that Christopher, when, when Drew calls Joaquin and tells him that Christopher was at the house, he freaks out. He's like, did Christopher see you? And he's like, no. Interesting. I don't think he has any idea what they're doing. No, unless he really knows the truth. Well, he knows the truth yeah. about what, you know, Joaquin. I think it's going to be an accident. Because it seems like Drew's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. You're so that poor right. guy. I think I it might even... be kind of an accident that it like messes up. Oh, you're so right. I don't that know. would be a great way to leave the cliffhanger. Yes. <gasps> Kelly, I hope they're listening. I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait. I, can't I wait. know. I can't I, wait. It's I can't gonna wait. be good. It's gonna be. But we still have to, we have two episodes left. Yes, so. we do. So there's a lot to. There's a lot can happen. Exactly. AJ. Two episodes. Yes, AJ. We missed you. I'm sure everybody at home did too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us as always here at AfterBuzz. Make sure to follow us here at AfterBuzz at AfterBuzz TV and all the social media platforms. And go to iTunes, download the podcast, rate and comment. We love to hear what you guys think about the show and on YouTube as well. And you can follow me at Kelly with an IE 079. And you can follow me at uh, Twitter, Lula Cherry <laughs> Films. I'm so sorry because I, I, Kevin is right. I need to just combine them. Yes. I really do. Yes. And then Instagram at Dorinda B1. And one quick thing mm-hmm. AfterBuzz now has an app. Ah, fabulous! So, yes, it's, it, and it's new. It's uh, very, very new. I just, I just downloaded it today, and it's app. You can get it on Android. You can get it on smart on iPhones, and it's great. It's cool. Awesome. Well, now you can download the AfterBuzz TV app too. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> Buzz, Buzz y'all later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 